Welcome to New Piney Grove Baptist Church, where one of our core values is Christian education. Let's tune in to this week's message. Our monthly theme is uh, the integrity of leadership. And this is going to be my final message of the month. Other ministers will bring in the last leg. But this is the message I want you really to just stay with me, pay attention to. It's all come together. My prayers, I don't lose you. I know some of you are curious about this title. I was too when God gave it to me. So. When we think about all oh, change, we must have to reflect on the vehicle. See, oil in the motor of a car is critical for efficient operation. Even though the motor is the power source of the vehicle, without oil, it ain't going to run very long. But oil is something that's not seen when we drive. You know, when we think about cars today, we, we focus more on the external, how they look, than on the internal, what makes it move. The same principle can be applied to our Christian walk. I think it'd be beneficial if I first kind of look at what's the purpose of all, and I want you to kind of relate it to your own church experience. First of all, oil cuts down friction. You know, sometimes when we have things going on in the church, there's some friction between brothers and sisters or whoever. Y'all keep that in mind. Second thing is oil keeps the engine from overheating. It helps to do so along with the water. And sometime in the church, things can get a little heated. <laughs> Thirdly, oil prolongs the life and protects the vital internal parts from burning out. Some of y'all have spoken of saying, I'm all churched out, you mean you, you burn out. Hold on, got something for you. But if you don't change your oil in these modern cars, it's going to warn you. But if you don't heed the warning, eventually the vehicle is going to shut down. Oil is an internal component. It is something that is unseen. Not only that, we don't even look for it. Even if you open up the hood, the oil is hidden inside the motor. 
Now, for some of you out there, now I got one of God's best teachers in here, being Alexander. And I'm sure being would agree with me that in theological jargon, all is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. And the Bible makes it clear in Romans 8 and 9 that if you don't have the Spirit, then you ain't saved. So I ain't talking to you right now. I'm going to talk to you later on. I want to talk to the church, those who claim salvation. Many of us in our spiritual life, on the outside, it appears to be running just fine. But there may be something hidden within that other people can't see. But just like in a car, the integrity of the oil eventually will break down and become stagnated. When it becomes stagnated, it turns to sludge. And the pistons can't move at all eventually. And it's not doing what it was created to do. Therefore, periodically, every once in a while, an oil change is necessary. The same is true of our spiritual life. This brings us to our text. The Apostle Paul's second letter to church at Corinth was a defense of his ministry. There were some charges brought against Paul by his enemy, and he wanted to address them. But here are the charges. They were threefold. Number one, they accused Paul of being self-asserted, someone with pride. Number two, they said Paul neglected the law of Moses in his preaching. He didn't deal with the old things of the law. And the last thing was Paul was preaching deceitfully for his own personal financial gain. Paul first defends himself by saying it was God that put him in the ministry. He did not choose it for himself. He was simply a product of God's mercy. Look with me now at 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1. The New King James translator penned it this way. Therefore, since we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we do not lose heart. Paul acknowledges his past. He admits he didn't make mistake. But he says it's because of God's mercy that his past did not disqualify him from ministry. Thank you, Mover Steve, this morning for bringing that home when you talk about redemption. See, all of us got a past. Some of it may be a little bit more distorted than others, but that didn't disqualify you for ministry. And for those that own cars, all of us got an engine. It doesn't matter whether you're driving a Volkswagen or a Lamborghini. It's going to take oil to keep it running. 
In this, in this first verse, Paul used this, heart, this, this term, lose heart. You'll find that translated faint not in the King James Version. It means to endure and to do, be persistent in spite of things designed to cause one to become tired mentally and spiritually weakness. Paul is saying, because of God's mercy, because of what God done for me, I ain't quitting. I don't care what you throw at me. I don't care how much you talk about me. A lot of stuff you say may be true, but I ain't giving up. I'm going to press on because of God's mercy. See, the problem is some of y'all were just so morally good. Y'all ain't never did nothing wrong. Y'all can't identify with stealing, cheating, killing, adultery, fornication. Y'all can't identify with none of that. But for those of us that can, when we, when we hear God's mercy, that's his withholding of just punishment. <laughs> Deacon Miller was taking the part out of my eulogy for mom Friday. And Kevin, it was three Brent, three switches that I had to get. Mama, like I said, I can only remember Mama whipping me one time. And I ain't going to forget that one. But Daddy whipped me quite a bit. But I can also, and some of y'all know where I get this saying from, you, you don't, you know now. A long time Daddy would call me in and I'd be just as wrong as two left shoes. And he'll simply say, I'm going to let you slide this time. That's mercy. Because I really deserve the beat down, but he's going to let me slide this time. Aren't you glad that God let you slide all the time? And because God let me slide all the time, you ain't going to stop me from doing what he called me to do. Paul affirmed that a change took place because of God's mercy. And I just believe that, that you really focus on, you don't deserve even to be alive, let alone go to heaven. That you realize that a change has taken place and motivates you to do something. Look what it motivated Paul to do in verse 2. But we have renounced the hidden things of shame, not walking in craftiness nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by the manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. Four, four Greek important words Paul using this. And I just simply want to break them down for you. Renounce. Renounce. Don't mean just talking. It means action. We can say we don't like something, we don't, but that don't mean we don't do it. This is, it means to disassociate yourself from strong disapproval. Also to distance oneself from something. Paul say, I renounce. What did you renounce, Paul? The hidden things. Oh, you, you, you don't know some of these things I've done, but I renounce them. I've distanced myself from some of them. 
hidden, concealed, or covered unseen motives. See, we all got these different motives. If I would ask a question right now, why don't you come to church today? I'd probably get as many different answers as we got people here. But what was your motive? Was your motive because you wanted to look good and you want people to say you look good? Otherwise, so that Pastor Dave wouldn't say nothing when I saw you next time? Hidden things. Or maybe because that guy that's on the other aisle looked pretty good. Or that girl is real cute. Or I ain't got nothing to do to lunchtime. I don't know what it is. Paul renounced to disassociate himself with those hidden and concealed motives. And he also said they were hidden things of shame. That's embarrassing dishonesty. Indecent behavior. And keep in mind, these are hidden things. See, you can have indecent behavior inside you. You don't have to bring it out. And this last one, this last one is great. Craftiness. It literally means treachery. Trickery. Cunning. Or distort. I need to deal with this a little bit. The original Greek language of craftiness Literally means readiness to do anything without integrity. You got that, Jeff? Readiness to do anything without integrity. Let me give you an example. It was often used of a winemaker. A winemaker who would dilute his wine, his product, with water and dye. You see... When the bars came, they looked at their ball, the ball. It was pretty. They shook it up. It was full. They looked at the color, and it was a bright red, but on the inside. On the inside was a product that wasn't worth the price and wasn't worth drinking. In other words, it was just glorified Kool-Aid. I don't know how much a pack of Kool-Aid costs. It used to cost a nickel. But you can't buy a bottle of wine for a nickel. <laughs> but that's the craftiness. How does all this apply? You see, Paul critics were doing the same thing he was doing. But they were doing it in such a way that nobody knew it because they were hidden things. The purpose was that Paul Crick was trying to really get disciples away from Paul and bring them to themselves. And they convinced themselves that the end justified the means. Can we bring it real today? There are a lot of churches, a lot of pastors that are doing things crafty in order to draw, draw people away from one ministry to another. Instead of trying to go out there and get new converts, they just want to swap members. 
So they were doing all kinds of schemes to draw people to themselves. But on the other hand, Paul simply relies upon the manifestation of the truth. The word of God. He used it to draw people to Christ. He didn't use anything secretive, nor anything deceptive. It was just the word of God. Again, the Bible makes it clear that if you do not have the spirit, you don't belong to him. So if you are saved today, you have all in your motor. The problem is the integrity of your oil. This brings us to the supplemental text in the Old Testament, Proverbs 10.9. He who walks in integrity walks securely, but he who perverts his ways will become known. It's those hidden things that cause oil to break down. If you will look at any report of hidden things revealed in ministry today, you will find pastors being revealed of things like abuse, physical, sexual, why? Pastors being guilty of adultery, pastors being guilty of pornography, drugs, alcohol, even embezzlement. These are the hidden things that eventually the Lord brought out. So I got a question to ask each and every one of you here. What hidden thing is causing the integrity of your oil to break down? Oh, it may not be one of these big things that I just listed. Could it be gossip? Could it be pride? Could it be lying? Or several other things that we consider little stuff. But eventually, even little stuff is going to break the integrity of your oil down. Let me see if I can make it a little bit plainer to you before we close. On the market today, there are four basic types of engine oil. The first one is regular or what we call conventional oil. This oil comes in various weight or various thickness for a specific purpose. It's refined, refined crude oil that works well. It doesn't cost much. But it needs changing regularly. Now, I want you to find yourself in this. You know, you, you, you may be what I'm going to call a cheap Christian. You don't want to give too much. And I'm not talking about finance. You don't want to give it your gift, your time, your talent. You might just be a conventional or Christian. And then there's this synthetic oil. Synthetic oil is chemically processed, and this process not only removes impurity, but it provides a high level of protection and longer-lasting performance. 
but it still needs changing. Howbeit less often, but this all costs a lot more. You see, I think the average oil change for a conventional one is about $30, while synthetic is about 75 Some people don't mind spending the extra money for the benefits they're getting. Likewise with the Christian. Some of us don't mind putting a little bit more time in, in prayer, in praise, in worship, because we know we're going to get a real good benefit. And then there's this blended oil. It's a combination of conventional and synthetic. It protects better than the conventional oil by itself, and it's less expensive. I call this the middle of the road, Christian. You know what I mean? I'm going to give you just enough to be in the middle of the road. And then it got my oil, high mileage. And for you other seniors out there, how much oil is thicker? It's thicker crude oil. It's mixed with a little bit of synthetic and even a little less conventional oil. But it's specially designed to run in the older engines. Somebody with me on this? But high mileage oil has some added ingredients that the others don't have, Harry. You see, the high mileage oil, first of all, has some conditioner in it. It prevents the seal from leaking. And see, sometimes us older folks have to pull y'all change to keep the seals from leaking. It also has antioxidant to keep the seals from swelling. Sometimes we got to let you know you ain't all that. You ain't even got the bag of chips. <laughs> it also has extra detergents in it to keep the motor clean. And sometimes us older folks have to get some things a little bit clean by some of the things that God leads us to do, including chastisement. So what's your application, Pastor? Another question. Is your warning light on? Is your warning light on? And if so, are you ignoring the signs? Some of y'all may have seen the commercial where this lady is driving. She has two kids in the back and the check engine light comes on. She simply takes a little sticker from one of the kids' book, a little smile face, and put it right over the warning light. Ignoring the sign. Some of you may be asking, how do I change my old? According to Matthew 6, 23, spend time with Jesus. Seek you first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you. You make God a priority in your life and your all will change. Joshua 1 and 8 says, meditate on this day and night 
and you'll find success. So number two is prayer and meditation. Prayer and meditation. Number three is study his word. First Timothy 3.15 says study to show yourself approved. Number four, fellowship with the brethren. Hebrews 10, 15 said, fail not to assemble yourselves, brothers. I want to see you next time at gender study. Number five is worship. John 4 and 23, when Jesus said, God is seeking those that worship him in spirit and in truth. He is looking for you. And finally, develop your faith. Romans 10, 17 says, faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's how you change your world. I want to conclude by saying this. There's a new promotional employee out used by many auto dealers today. And they basically say, when you buy this car, we're going to offer you a lifetime oil change. If you're not saved today, Romans 10, 9, and 10 is offering you a spiritual lifetime change. Are you ignoring the signs? Do you have a vessel? If you ain't saved today, you need oil in your vessel. And I'm going to be a salesman for the Lord. The dealership is open. Y'all can stand with me now. I'm through. The dealership is open. I got something else for you. Not only am I offering you a lifetime spiritual oil change, I'm going to give you the car free. It's already been paid for. You're here today. And you don't know Jesus as your Savior. Thanks for listening. We pray that you have been blessed by the message. Visit us on the web at npgbc.org. For contact information, service times, or directions to our place of worship.